Hello and welcome back to episode three of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants as a Dad and Daughter podcast with myself, Lauren. And me, Graham. That's my dad. And we talk all things football this week. We've got a new feature actually where we're going to have a little look at transfers that have happened because obviously we're now in February and there was a lot went down in January. As well as some of our picks and best from the West and putting the Mars and of course our Barnet of the week. And we're going to have some rants. Do you want to kick off with the first rant? Yeah, and my rant is actually about January transfer deadline. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? You've got 31 days in January, that's obvious. And for the first 30, nothing happens. So you check Tinternet and you check your phones and yeah. you check the papers and there's the odd little um, stuff going on. But then all of a sudden on the 31st of January it just kicks off and I just think it's very 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 strange that why people wait if you've got a good player you want to sign get him on the 1st of January why why you wait until the 31st because the window theoretically is open for the whole of January yeah well yeah it's not on for one day it's open I think it's the January yeah. transfer window and has it always been like that because I feel like in the past it has been a case where people have signed throughout January but now it just seems to be 24 hours it just seems to be well, the last hour actually so you got people having all sorts of you know the last 10 minutes and trying to get through the papers and that just seems a bit weird to me. So I think the January transfer deadline window, all a bit weird. Okay, and for you, you'd say have it so that it's more spread out, not just so much the last 24 hours, actually some of them like in the last hour. I just don't understand the logic of why they just wait till the last 10 minutes. I was actually one of those people that sat down and watched it for quite a bit of the day. It's sad as well. Isn't it? <laughs> it was a little well. bit. They were trying to make it all frantic and start off when I first watching it. I was like, this is really exciting. No. And then you soon realise that the same headline is flashing up throughout the whole day. Yeah. You know, I agree. I would say maybe spread it out a little bit. And then my run, I was thinking about VAR. I know a lot of people going about VAR, VAR, but all the red cards awarded in the Premier League will automatically be checked by VAR. So it has to be a direct red card in order for it to be reviewed. But then this weekend, on Saturday and Sunday, we had so many where the second yellow card couldn't go back to VAR. So say you get but yellow card and then you do another terrible tackle but that can't go to VAR so for example Delph for Everton he got a red card against Watford unfairly I would say well yeah probably was unfair and I don't understand why they would do it for red but not when it is a red because of two yellows so it just seems a bit contradictory yeah they're contradictory so that was a case where again they could have used VAR to prevent him from getting a second yellow card but then when you had Sheffield United defender I think it was Bulldog he could have got a second yellow card but he then didn't. Whereas if it had been reviewed by VAR, most likely he probably would have got a red card. So my suggestion is that, okay, I know people maybe don't like VAR, but as much as we want to get rid of it, I think if they're going to have it for red cards, they should have it for both if they get a second yellow card. I think we'll rant about VAR every week, I imagine. Yeah, most likely. It is pretty much every chat show that they do for sport and football. It is mentioned, even in the Six Nations, they're even cross-referencing now, is it TMO from the rugby and the linking it with the Premier League? Best not to mention Six Nations, though, I don't oh, think. Oh, I know. Probably a good break. It's a good break talking about football after what happened in the rugby. Move on. Okay, so we're going to have a look at some of our picks. So I have got to the Premier League where I pick a couple of teams from Saturday and Sunday and have a little reflect, basically. So I've gone for Watford against Everton 2-3. So Watford were 2-0 up, 42 minutes into the match. And then just out of nowhere, Yerry Mina pretty much just scores two headers from set pieces. Delph gets a red card in 71 minutes. And somehow Everton, still even with a man down, managed to get three points, which is just crazy. 
and Watford, I don't know, it's looking a little bit worrying now for them. And the tables have turned because Everton actually conceded two late goals against Newcastle the other day. And then suddenly now they're getting the two late goals. So that was definitely one of my picks. And then, of course, on Sunday night, it was a bit of a surprise, really. Tottenham beat Man City 2-0. Son obviously got a goal. And then Steven Bergwin, the new signing from PSV Eindhoven, he also got a goal. And we watched it together. And it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a strange one. City had, as usual, lots of possession, lots of chances. Lots of chances. And now that's two back-to-back games, not necessarily Premier League games, where they haven't scored a goal, which is a bit of a weird one. And then a lot of people have been talking about the penalty because Gundogan took it and it wasn't great at all. And Reese easily saved it. And obviously VAR was controversial. But if it was your choice, who would be your penalty taker for Man City right now? Well, Man City, they've probably got six or seven players in the team who should be able to score a penalty easily. I'd probably give it the keeper. Edison, he's one of the best passers of a ball in the uh, in the Premier League. I'd, I'd give him a go. To be Definitely. fair, he would put his boot straight through the ball because Sterling took it, Jesus took it, and now Gundogan took it. And both of them just seemed to try and pass into the corner. Give it the keeper. Give it the keeper. Okay, so that was my two Premier League picks. Championship picks. So start off with Hull versus Brentford. What a win for Brentford. 5-1. Brentford are a bit up and down, but that takes them to fifth place. And actually, they're only five points behind Leeds. So, Brentford right in the mix there. So, a really... Playing uh, some really good football, aren't they? Playing some good football. Ben Narama got a hat-trick. Uh, I mean, what a what a brilliant win for Brentford. Hull, a little bit up and down Hull. Uh, of course, they lost two or three players in the transfer window. So Yeah, we'll be talking uh, about a bit later. Yeah, they could could be heading uh, towards the uh, okay, oh, the relegation if they're not careful. Uh, so, that was that one. And then the second one is Leeds-Wigan. I know, what a shocker. Oh, Leeds. I, say, they, I remember very well, a uh, colleague of mine went to the match last year, actually. Leeds won Wigan 2 last year. Wigan actually won with 10 men last year at Leeds, and they seem to have the hoodoo over them. Uh, this year it was a Hernandez own goal. Probably championship picks. Leeds will be in and out of the championship picks. Yeah, not a great day for Leeds. They're still in the top two, and I still think they'll go up. But yeah. a bit of a bit of a automatically uh, top two. Yeah, I think so. But they need to start winning a few more matches. But yeah, Wigan's win at Leeds was definitely a pick from yesterday. And Wigan are still in the bottom three, but they're starting to close the gap. And it'll be good to see them stay up. Yeah, they'll give it a good go, won't they? Yeah, definitely. So my League One picks: Ipswich against Peterborough. One. Four to Peterborough. So before the match, third and fourth in the table clash. And the last time they played back in August was actually 2-2. And it turned out into a really comfortable win, really, for Peterborough at Portman Road. And they now leapfrog Ipswich into third place. So again, it was a big three points for them. Just a bit of a shocker, really, from Ipswich to have a such a comfortable win uh, for Peterborough away at Ipswich. And then the other one I picked... Oh, I just felt it was a really good result for Southend against Lincoln City. 2-1, 96th minute winner, and it saw Southend score their first home league win of the season. How crazy. So those fans have been waiting for some to cheer about at home. So, But they're still 12 points off the safety, and then they're in the drop zone. So it's not looking great for Southend, but I just thought it's a great result at home. They needed that. They needed something to cheer about. So definitely my pick from League One. And then League Two, I've just got one match actually, which is Oldham Bradford. Bradford, a real sort of uh, in and out of form. Uh, lost three nil, so Oldham won three nil. They were three nil up by half time. Pushes Bradford out of the playoff places. Kickoff was delayed here by thirty minutes. Advertising hoardings were dislodged. Oh, so, I didn't uh, hear that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> all very exciting. But a real poor day for Bradford, who really should be knocking on the door of promotion. And Oldham, Oldham are doing okay. They're. Uh, Probably safe, you would think, and that's a really good win for them, 3-0. 
And earlier we were talking about the fact that it was transfer deadline day on the 31st of January. So we've picked 10 transfers, probably the biggest transfers that took place across the Premier League. And this game is called Play or Pass. So, Dad, I'm going to name each of the players, these 10 players that have been transferred. And you've got to say if you would play them, if you think they're good, or maybe if you'd pass, you skip, think not maybe the best part. Okay? Yep. Right. So, Cedric says he's gone from Southampton to Arsenal. He's right back. 16 appearances for Southampton. He's had one assist. Play or pass? Uh, probably play just because Arsenal are a little bit dodgy at the back. So, I'd give him a couple of games. Give him a go. Okay. And then Man United, they've gone for Igalo. Centre forward, he's had 17 appearances from Shanghai. And he's gone on loan and he's had 10 goals in 17 appearances. Uh, probably pass. I know they were after Rondon. You'd have probably given Rondon Ooh. a game if he'd been And Josh the, King. Uh, and Josh King. But no, I'm, it's a pass for me. Again, Man United, they went big. They paid quite a lot of money. They think it could be up to £68 million for a five-and-a-half-year contract for Bruno Fernandes. He's gone from Sporting CP, 63 goals, 52 assists and 137 appearances. He played over the weekend. Yeah, he looked lively, actually. He was getting stuck in, putting it about a bit, had a couple of shots. Player, definitely. Okay, good shout. And then, again, this guy played for Tottenham against City, come from PSV Eidenhoven. Stephen Bergwin, attacking midfielder. They bought him for £27 million, 22 years old. Played. Tottenham needs some creativity, so with Ericsson gone, definitely a player. Yeah, he went to Inter Milan for, I think it's £16.9 million. Pounds, so, yeah. good purchase. How about Jared Bowen? He went from Hull to West Ham. £22 million centre forward. He scored 16 goals for Hull this season. Well, I'd play it, West Ham. It's funny this because they took, I remember they took Hugill from Preston a few years ago and never really gave him a chance. Now he's at QPR scoring a couple of goals. But if they're going to get Bowen, they might as well give him a game. So play purely because just give him a game. And then we've got Ryan Bennett. He was a lone move from Wolves, obviously, to Leicester. Very experienced centre-back, but he's obviously not really got much game time at the moment in Wolves. Play or pass? Uh, solid centre-back. Play, definitely. Get him in the team. Give him some games. Yeah, because he's obviously got Johnny Evans and Sion Chai to try and get in the team. No, no, I'd give him a game. Definitely. Okay, fair enough. Again, on loan, you've got Kyle Walker-Peters, a defender, went from Tottenham, and he's now at Southampton on loan. Well, Southampton should be out of the uh, drop zone, but again, it's not the strongest squad, so I'd give him a game. Definitely play. And now that they've lost Cedric as well. Yeah, no, play. Yeah, okay. Danny Rose, he's gone again on loan from Tottenham to Newcastle. Pass. <laughs> 100% pass. I mean, Danny Rose, it's... He feels like, uh, you know, he's in London playing for a Southern team. Newcastle, I can't imagine that. I mean, mm. that's just not going to work at all. Pass, mm. okay. definitely. All right. Another 19-year-old defender, Tariq Lamptey. He's gone from Chelsea to Brighton. Now, there's been a lot of talk about him. Uh, young lad, defender, going to be pretty good. Uh, half the age of Glenn Murray, I imagine, so give him <laughs> yeah. a game. Yeah, exactly. Play. He could just run up and down the wing and then Glenn can just stay in the penalty. Play, end. definitely. Okay, and then the last one we've gone for was uh, Samata. He made his debut for Villa. He's moved from Genk. Cost £10 million. He's scored 43 goals, 98 appearances for Genk. Villa have got to get, yeah, play because Villa needs to get out of trouble, so give him a game. Go on. And he scored the first header of Aston Villa this whole season. That is ridiculous, isn't it? But yeah, give him a game. Okay, that was play or pass. Right, this is best from the West because we're from Somerset. We like to have a look at the local teams. This week I've picked from League Two, Swindon versus Exeter. Now this was a big match. Going into the match, it was first versus second with just two points between them and two Southwest teams themselves. 
and Swindon had lost the last match 3-1 at Colchester. So it was all to play for, really. And it was 1-1 the last time they met back in August at St. James's Park. Yeah, so two goals from Dorr and Hope clinched the three points of Swindon 2, Exeter 1, which means Swindon now stay top of the table and Exeter drop down to fourth on goal difference. Ideally, obviously, being from Somerset, we do want both of them to go up. But again really hard-fought match. Very strong at home, Swindon. Yeah, they are, definitely. So that was best from the West. Swindon 2, Exeter 1. Now, you've got another rant. Yes, and this is quite a simple one. This is about diving and players diving and it just seems to be, especially in the Premier League, just every week, every match, somebody diving and the slightest touch and the rolling around, writhing in agony, and um, oh, yeah. I think they're even starting to kid some of the pundits. Even some of the pundits are saying, yeah, it was a foul, it was a foul, Oh, a terrible push. When there's very little contact, so you know it's a it's a contact sport. Stand up, get going. I mean, diving it just it just drives you mad. Yeah, but don't you think that's where football's going? No offense, maybe back in your day, it maybe might have been a little bit more physical than it is now. Is football just going to the point now where you think it's changing? Soft. That's what it is. That's soft. <laughs> Daft it is. And stay no. on your feet. And some of them, what drives me mad, some of them could score a flipping goal. Yeah, no, that's true. I don't like it when they do that. But with VAR, it means now that if you you feel any kind of contact and they dive it is going to go back to VAR so potentially maybe by diving they're actually able to get more decisions to go their way Tom Daly he's the only one should be diving <laughs> nobody else get on with it all right well my rant my last rant is about managers having a go at the fourth official I feel like the fourth official don't really get a look in. They're the poor referees that look on the side and they have to maintain decorum in the teams as technical areas. Like imagine if you know you've got Sean Dyche coming up and he's in your ear, chirps in a way. So the fourth official, their main job, I actually Googled this, is to supervise substitutions, so to make sure that they have the right players and to indicate additional added time. So that's their main position. But I think they just get so much jib in their ear. They serve no purpose at all, I don't think. They might as well not be there. Well, that's what my suggestion is. They should have their own technical area, maybe away from the managers, because they've still got to apparently be the middle man between the referee himself and the technical teams. Also, I thought maybe you could have a certain amount of times they can go and approach him. So maybe they could say, right, strike one, you've already come and approached him once, strike two, and then strike three, you're out. Yeah, it's a nothing job, though, isn't it, really? I think get rid of him. Get rid of the fourth official completely. Just yeah, use the linesman to check the uh, substitutes coming on. Okay. And also, I think that the managers themselves, they've already got assistant managers. Just have a little round to them. What's the fourth official going to do? Have you ever seen a fourth official have someone say, oh, it should have been a red card, and then it be overturned? Nope. No, exactly. So I think give the fourth official a break. Come on, he's doing a really tough job there. So then we've got Putting in the Miles, the weekly review of the team that's travelled the furthest and the fans that have travelled the furthest. You've got Torquay at Barrow in the National League, which is going to be a huge one, but we thought we'd stick in the top four divisions this week and look at Portsmouth versus Sunderland. Attendance at Fratton Park, 18,531. Just short of 2,000 Sunderland fans made the 664-mile round trip. They always have a great following, don't they? Oh, fantastic following Sunderland. And God bless them, they lost 2-0, but um, a really fantastic following. That's their nine-game unbeaten run coming to an end. They've dropped out of the playoffs. I mean, they must go up this year. I remember when Blackburn went down to the League One 
that one season was it's a bit of fun, but one season's enough really. So I think Sunderland, this is their second season. They need to get out of that division. Portsmouth thought eight wins on the bounce, six on the table, forty seven well, points. They? Yeah, they're doing really well. When clubs travel that far, do they ever stay overnight the night before? Yeah, it? I'm sure they oh, would do. do they? Yeah. And some of the fans would. They'll have a, a night out on the south coast or whatever. Yeah, no but, dry January. Uh, no dry January into February now. So uh, that's the putting in the miles, Portsmouth versus Sunderland. Okay, Barnet of the Week. It's always, I always find it very interesting which ones you go for. You've had a real mix. Who did you have last week? Little Ryan Fraser Oh last yeah, week. from Bournemouth. That yeah. was a random one. It was random. Okay, who have you going for this week? This week, Barnet of the Week is Alison, the uh, <laughs> keeper of a Liverpool. It's a main. It's, he gets darker <laughs> and thicker by the week. Uh, I don't think he's dying it necessarily, but I think it just gets thicker, darker. I think it's linked to the undefeated run, probably. So I think every time they yeah. don't lose, it gets darker and thicker. But the other day, he did gel it back, I noticed. Did but he? this week, I didn't see that. no, it was just. But wild. I think when they, if and when they lose, I think it'll probably start to go grey or something. I think it's, <laughs> it's linked to the run of unbeaten run that Liverpool have got Alisson's hair so Alisson's my barnet of the week it's very simple as well his hair because if you think a lot of footballers have it shaved or Mohicans how would you describe his hair thick and black (laughs) thick and black okay well my barnet of the week a former Blackburn manager actually Man City Fulham keeper there's loads of them and former Wales manager Mark Hughes actually do you know his full name is Leslie Mark Hughes is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. We should call him Leslie from now on. Definitely. Because I watched Deadline Day and he was on there. Oh, I don't know why I was on there, just talking about all the different players that were going. And I just realised he's got a great head of hair. Definitely a silver fox. He's out of a job at the moment, which means maybe like some kind of hair commercial? Shampoo? Could, yeah, he could be, couldn't he? Yeah. I Joe, reckon he's yeah, got he a little... take over from Joe Hart as the hair commercial. Yeah, one. yeah, exactly. I just thought... He was rocking it. He kind of put Phillips Schofield to shame. Great hair. Up there with like Mourinho, I'm saying. Yeah, fair enough. Good little comb, I reckon, he could have with that hair as well. Should we finish with our one to watch? So it's all kicking off in the Premier League. I didn't actually know this, but they've introduced a new winter break. So this is from next week, February the 8th to the 22nd. They kind of have a little split breaks. So essentially, they have one full round of Premier League games and it's split in half and it's played over two weekends. What do you think about that? That sounds ridiculous. I mean, you've got the uh, Championship League 1 and League 2. They play 46 matches. The Premier League of 38, I mean, and they don't get a rest. They're well, playing midweek, weekend, every week. It's Yeah, no, I do agree. But then you've got people like, obviously the big teams are doing Champions League, FA Cup, <laughs> EFL Cup, Carabao Cup. Do you think maybe Championship downwards should also be introduced into the winter break? Yeah, if you're going to do it for one division, why wouldn't you do it for all of them? It just seems a bit... Well, there's obviously put it in to reduce fixture congestion and to give the players a bit of a rest. Because I think well, a lot got of massive the... squads. They've got 30 players in the squads getting yeah. paid a... Paid a load of money, so it's a good chance to rotate your teams, really. Jurgen Klopp's done that a lot. I think I remember his first season with Liverpool, he just hated the amount of matches that they had crammed in. Yeah. And then the second season onwards, he's really made sure he's rotated his squad, as it's been in the news a lot about the F Cup. So that links to my one to watch, because obviously the matches for the Premier League are a little bit limited next Saturday. But 5.30pm, you've got Brighton against Watford. So there's only actually three points between the two clubs. Brighton have won their last two games, whereas Watford have gone three games without a win. So the kind of momentum and shifts with both the clubs are going in opposite directions at the moment. And the last time they played each other at Watford, 
Brighton won 3 0. Wow, I'm Nigel Pearson. He's famous for keeping Leicester up the season before they won the uh, Premier League. And he came in with a big bang this season at Watford, but seems to have slowed up a bit now. What would be your prediction for Brighton versus Watford? Oh, it's got draw written all over it, I think. I mean, there's a lot of nil nil draws this weekend. I think it yeah. could be another nil nil draw. I think Newcastle Norwich nil nil was probably one of the worst matches. Mm, Even the highlights awful. were terrible. Yeah. What's your one to watch for next week? My one to watch Championship. And it's Wigan versus Preston. So Ooh. a bit of a local Lancashire derby there. And uh, 12.30 on Saturday. Wigan, after that brilliant win at Leeds, still in the bottom three, but they're just about getting out of there. Preston, they're due to Swansea yesterday. Preston are just outside the playoffs. So it's a really important game for both teams. I think there'll be a decent crowd there. That's a local derby. Um, so yeah, I think I think that'll be a good uh, good match to watch. Wigan versus Preston, twelve thirty Saturday. Oh, and talking of transfers, whilst from Wigan, did you see about the defender who was so close to going to Inter Milan? Never heard of him. No, I know, but imagine that. I reckon he was looking at apartments, booking his flights, and then suddenly it just didn't go through. Well, Brexit, you don't know what could happen. Well, exactly. Anyway, he'd probably rather stay in Wigan. They're much better pies. Oh, though. lovely pies, Wigan. Yeah. <laughs> So that's all for episode three of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We'll be back next week with so much more. Are we going to be having a nice winter break or are we going to be powering through? No winter break for us. We'll be powering through. See you then. Bye-bye.